Yo, 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 what's up, what's up, it's Country K, and you, we're back with Experience the Podcast. Um, took a little hiatus, you know, um, had to get a few things in order, uh, and why not start it back um, with some poetry? We got the man Marcus Brown here. Um, he was my teammate for the Central Valley Hurricanes. Shout out Miss Corey and Miss Lori. Um and shout out to the, actually the whole organization, Coach Bell, all y'all, man. Um, and yeah, man, my man did some poetry. Uh, well, he does some poetry. I'm sorry, I don't want to like shortcut it, but you know, I talk pretty <laughs> straight to the point. You know what I mean? But uh, my man does some poetry. Um, you're really good at it too. Uh, published artist. I mean, published author. Is it author or artist? Probably either or, but with this case. Uh... You can go author. You can go author. Okay. Yeah. Published author. Um, football player. Uh, and I can tell you firsthand the man is a freak of nature on the field. Uh <laughs> and, yeah, most deaf, most deaf. Uh and yeah, man. So welcome, Marcus Brown. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh took some time off uh and got some few things in order. So we're good over here. How about you? Well it's, well, it's good. First off, it's good to see you back on, man, doing your thing with this podcast. I love it. Um, I'll be trying to support you and follow you. And um, that's what's up. I got number love and respect. And big shout out to you and experience the podcast and your setup and everything. Like, I'm glad to be on, man. I'm happy you can have me, man. Appreciate oh, it. Sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So um, let's get into it. Uh, so what got you into poetry? I mean, we had this discussion before and pre-show. Uh, you already told me this before, but like for the for the people, you know, that experience your mm -hmm. poetry for the first time, uh, might want to check you out and stuff like that. Like, how did you get into it? Well, it's interesting. It really is interesting because thinking about it now, it kind of, you date back into like elementary, right? And you had the, um, the teacher basically said, we're going to work on poems. And everybody assumed that poems had to be linked with rhyming. You know, you mm. got to rhyme. So like, if you want to rhyme something with orange, you out of luck. Cause ain't nothing really going to rhyme with orange. Yeah, <laughs> so you can't really it. do something like that. But um, I really got it into it in my later years, honestly. And I used it as a way to help uh, express myself because of the fact that I, as an individual have dealt with depression and I deal with these type of uh, moods to where I feel like I'm not good enough to some in somebody's eyes or somebody has something that I am lacking. And I feel like that kind of uh, makes me different. And when I thought of different, I thought of it in a negative way. And um, for the longest time I was thinking that. And so my escape would be poetry and with poetry it's it is an art so like even when you ask if it was like an author or artist it's a little bit of both because um just depending on the flow of it and everything because it, when you read poetry and when you write it there is a little bit of a uh, rhythm to it so the artist flow of like music and stuff and then there's more of a serious and narrative flow of an author of a book so but poetry has been 
in me for a long time up uh, to this point. And like I said, I've been writing these, uh, basically kept a log since like 2017. I've been documenting it ever since and been keeping up with it as much as I can. That's tight. Mm-hmm. So, um, so some of the artists, uh, artists or authors, uh, gotcha. that you, <laughs> I kind of got like a mix in between two right there. No, yeah. <laughs> see, I, I, I feel it. I do the same thing. I do the same thing. Uh, so who are some of the people that, uh, you know, that gave you interest, sparked that interest to spark that creativity? You know what I mean? Like who are some of the people that you read? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't really go out and read other poets, really. I I get my motivation just from like the moods that I feel. And typically I, I'll listen to music. And one of the music that I'll be jamming to is Bob Marley. And Bob Marley's all about like peace, love, happiness. And you guys rep the shirt here. So <laughs> yeah. I had to come correct. But yeah, like I've been always about that. And that's always been my nature and everything. And so I figured it'd be a way to uh, incorporate that with the stuff I've dealt with in my life, uh, different changes, uh, achievements, goals, dreams, nightmares, anything like that. And basically put it on paper and found out that it was a lot easier for me to, um, to put it out there for people. And then I realized that you know, this isn't just for me. This could be for somebody else, you know, like somebody else could need this message or need to hear this message, not just me, you know, hearing it or going through it. Somebody else, uh, whether they're like a block away or miles away is dealing with the same thing. So really it was, there wasn't a particular person that said, oh, this is the person that made me want to write. I kind of just developed it on my own and like listening to the music of reggae, that's really helped me kind of get the vibe that I feel like I have. Got you, mm-hmm. got you. So um, if you had to to pick, I know you say you heavily influenced with reggae. Um, yeah. Would you say your art is more of like reggae style poetry or like what? what would you, how would you genreify your 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 writings? That's a that's a real good question because <laughs> I never really thought of that. I wouldn't say they're more reggae based. I feel like it's just they're more of a of a move phase. Like genre wise, I would probably say if I were to take a guess, because my writings can be all over the place. Like one minute, one minute it's about depression. The other minute it's about um, family. The other minute it's about love. The other minute it's about sacrifice. So I guess my genre is just like universal, I guess. There's not really a particular uh, feel I'm trying to go for as far as genres, but it's something that I feel that people can relate to. And I think that with a, a different feel of genres, it interests more people versus you know listen to hip-hop right let's say you and i love hip-hop but such and such don't like hip-hop so that's like two out of four that like it and then maybe maybe people like opera i'm not a fan of opera i don't know if you are but if you are hey no disrespect 
But I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, like they can love opera and then like one out of the four like opera and then all of a sudden uh, you play some R&B and four out of four, everybody knows the song for R&B. So it's just everybody's different. Everyone's got a different taste. And I feel like with my poetry, it helps bring out different tastes. So it's a little bit of a happy, sad, more serious and like more of like a like a fantasy in a way, like a way to escape. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I completely understand exactly exactly what you mean, because that's the way I explain the podcast, like the like I changed the title on our Instagram page, Experience the Podcast. Make sure y'all go check that out. Um, the way I put it, I put uh, we're the Black Seinfeld. Um, it's a podcast about nothing, but we experience everything. Because honestly, there's no way for me to describe the podcast. Like we're kind of, we kind of do everything. You know what I mean? Like it's just like some avenues, like what I'm trying to do now I'm trying to explore all of my avenues because originally I wanted to do, you know, all of the arts and different things, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. tapping the music. Mm -hmm. So I did start doing the vibe reviews, uh, did movies. So we started doing the uh, cinema experience. Uh, we only did, we did a couple of those. Uh, we didn't have a name for it. So they ended up becoming episodes. Mm -hmm. um, but I also did art like in the beginning, I was posting a lot of pictures What I edit pictures from taking pictures and I'll edit them and do all kinds of things. And that led me to just doing my own photography page. But that's pretty much um, what I wanted to do with the podcast, like pretty much reach out and touch everything. So it could be something like everything's not going to be for you, but something here is going to be for you. And that's pretty much what I wanted to, you know, what I wanted to get my message across uh, yeah. convey that message to people so, yeah mm -hmm. oh no but that's it, it, i mean it sounds like that's exactly what you're saying about your writings and stuff like that yeah and that's that's pretty much what it is man you basically hit the nail on that and even with your show it's just the idea of it is just a melting pot and it's just mixed with a bunch of stuff man it's not just bland like you know, we like seasoning, so we have to season it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you add you add a little bit of this, you add a little bit of that, and then it, it flourishes. It, it's going to flourish a lot more um, going with that approach versus, you know, just trying to hammer in the nail that's already been hammered on one particular subject. So I totally get what I totally get what you're saying. And writing for me is the same. Like, I don't want to be that type of writer where everything I write is like sad and like violent and, you know, depressing. I mean, I got writings that are like that, but they're not all like that, you know? So you got, it's always good to kind of have a mixture and maybe have like, you know, play different cards every now and then rather than just showing everyone the same hand. So. I Totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree. So you, you were not expecting that. I could see it on your I, face. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting that ending. I was like, mm -hmm. I'm with him. I'm with him. And then you hit that turn. I was like, all right. I mean, I had my seatbelt on, but I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, I totally agree. Uh, as you can tell, like in football, like that's what I try to do. Like, like, like in 2019, where I got uh D train allowed me to play quarterback. So, or even I still, I still don't know how. I still am trying to figure out how that happened. And I wish I was actually like 
I mean, I was there for one of them, but I know you did for the All-Star game. I wasn't there for that. But the fact that I remember vividly the action shot of you, like, like this cocking it back. I'm all like, boy, this dude is like 6'9", 6'10", playing quarterback. Go ahead and do your damn thing. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, man. Honestly, D-Train tells me every time, like, well, not every time, but like that during that time period, he was telling me like uh, the reason why, because, you know, after that game, he was telling me the reason why was um, our unofficial OTAs, you know what I mean? With the practices we were having in the beginning where people mm-hmm. really wasn't showing up and stuff like that. I was out there. I mean, I was being me, obviously running my mouth, being loud. Uh, know that. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, that. I was definitely being me, but I was out there like <laughs> out of position because we had, we had no old line. The only one was showing up was Thomas. So yeah. um, basically I was getting in that corner. Like I'll get in that corner, like uh, easy up. I remember that. And I'll throw the ball that. back. Yeah. So every time I threw the ball back, I think he was having the quarterback like launch it and seeing if I can throw it back. And I always threw it back. Like I mm-hmm. never like try to run it in. I was just always launch it back. And that's when he realized I had an arm. I was like, I've been trying to tell everybody I can play everything. I've been saying that for the two years I played with you. No, I no, I remember I remember the first time I seen you. You uh uh just big and tall, just taller than everybody out there. And yeah. you came over to the, the D line and I'm sitting there because I was already I already had a year on my belt. I got, you know, was able to I was blessed enough to win the championship with D train in 2017. And so I remember seeing you and uh the coach at the time there was asking, like, what do you play? You know. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, well, look at his big ass, and you're going to ask him what he plays. All right. Because there's not, you know, I mean, look at him. He ain't no O lineman. He's over here with the D lineman. So he's got to be yeah. a D lineman. Yeah. And so that's when I heard you say, like, D end and like D tackle. And when I heard D end, I was all like, ooh, that's what I'm talking about. I'm like, I can already see that. So yeah. I was freaking juiced because I was like, at the time when we won the championship, uh, I was kind of the main one on the D line who was generating constant pressure. Yeah. And so we needed a second guy or another guy that can do that, whether it's on the outside or the inside. And so fast forward on that same day to the scrimmage. And we actually like lined up with each other on the same time on the field. And I got to play in the backfield and then followed up. You got to play in the backfield. I'm all like, oh, yep, this is the guy. This yeah. is the guy. <laughs> yeah. This is definitely the guy. And then I also remember I got a deflected pass, and you're like, I feel like this is going to be you all the time. I'm like, yeah, I do that a lot. I do that a lot. So <laughs> I'm letting you know right now I do that a lot. So don't be surprised and don't get mad at me at the game, bro. That's all I had to say. <laughs> I, I wasn't. And I didn't. So, <laughs> like I used to tell you, like I was like tap into that insanity. You know what I mean? I was, yeah. Honestly, I used to tell you that all the time. I don't know if you carried that with you when you just played with the Kings, but I'm telling you, like that was one thing I noticed with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're such a yeah. nice guy, such a nice guy. You're almost like Tristan Worse, like how the Bucks was saying about Tristan Worse. It's like, I, like this dude is so nice. Like, bro, I don't know, I don't know if he's gonna yeah. like. Like, give us that when it's time, which I know yeah. you are, but it's like, yeah. we need that. We need that monster. You know what I mean? When it's time mm-hmm. to need that monster. So no, I that's feel always it. used to tell you that. Yeah, no, I feel it. And I remember the whole tapping into the insanity. 
And I remember because uh, I used to make a joke out of it by saying I got to tap in my my inner Florida boy because you're from Florida and I'm not from Florida, but I know how you are. And I'm just like, I need that because if I have what I can play with, with his, with Kawante's energy, yeah, boy, if you if you want to call that a Goku and Vegeta fusion, oh <laughs> shit, Gogeta <laughs> for sure, man. Gogeta, be, I'm sorry. unstoppable force. And honestly, man, like, um, with the Kings, it was a real rocky season. I I mean, I didn't really follow up with you on that, but we weren't really good. We we were bad. We were like two and seven. Didn't finish the season. Um, a lot of issues with fighting with ourselves and the other team. And it just, the chemistry was off. And actually the crazy thing about it is that the Kings are no more. It's a, it's under a new name and we're basically starting off fresh with it. But the insanity part and the, the feel and the drive, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, did go away a little bit mainly because of how that season went. That season for me was a roller coaster because um, uh, I know you've seen it on my Facebook on a live one time. And I remember your comment like, Jesus, like what happened to your arm? Like, and you know, and normally you think it's football. I'm like, nah, this was outside of football. So I missed my first two games because of the burn on my arm. And then I get back and it's a lot of personnel and just having the which type of personnel it is. So most of the time, personnel-wise, uh, who we had on the line, they're a lot smaller guys. So that I, that bumped me inside the D tackle, and um, so I played I played more D tackle than D end that past season, along with the fact of um, what you mentioned when we were at the Hurricanes practice with not having offensive linemen. I had to play offensive linemen in games. I had to go in there in games after like coming up with a stop and having to run out there because we didn't have the guys that were originally there. And those guys either just said, Hey, I'm out or they left to a whole different team. So it was, it was a complete mess. Like I'm praying for a much better outcome this upcoming season. And hopefully I can just worry about my damn position, which is the end. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I, I completely (laughs) understand. Um, I just played, I just played with uh Mills, uh Breland, Carbohaw, and Jackson on the stars. Right. Mm-hmm. They pulled me and Jackson from D-line before we even played the snap. Like we were playing O-line the whole season. We played O-line the whole season. I, I didn't get D-line snap that much. Like I played game two. I got like two snaps. Uh and like when we played the Stampede week. Mm-hmm. Seven, I think that was the last week of the season. Um, I got in. I got, I got most of my snaps that game. I ended up getting a field goal block. That didn't really cost for much. We still lost, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, we ended up finishing like one and six or something like that. So I understand what you went through. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was, it was new just to come from an organization that knew what they had and they realized, like, hey, bro. You're staying here. We know what you're at, and we know what you're capable of. You don't got to worry about nothing else. No offense, no special teams, no nothing. You might have to do PAT field goal just to help block, but outside of that, you are strictly defense. And then you go to another organization where they're trying to find themselves, and they're trying to do whatever it takes to win, but sometimes 
the guys that you put there are actually hurting your chances of winning because of the lack of experience, what they have. And also on the other side of the ball, like the talent wise over there, I'm not saying we have everyone's all American and semi-pro because that's a damn lie, but you will run into some people that actually, you know, know a little bit about the game, whether it's through Juco, uh, NAIA, D1, D2, or indoor football, any type of professional football, like they're going to pick up on that knowledge and they're going to realize like, this dude is not a legit offensive tackle. Let me take advantage of it. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, but it, it was a little different because you started with the Canes. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, I played, I think, like four or five years before I made to the Canes. Because I, when I came to the Canes, it was right after my uh, ACL meniscus reconstruction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I tore my knee after 2016 season when I went home to visit my mom and stuff. And then, uh, so I was out all of 2017. Like I was just out. So when y'all won and stuff like that, that's when uh, Coach Bill had uh, hit me up. Well, he didn't hit me up. I pretty much made a post on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the brotherhood and stuff like that. And that's how I ended up on the Canes because Coach Bill and Warren had hit me up and was like, yeah, try the Canes. You know what I mean? Like try the Canes. So. I, and that was the reason why I played for two years. I didn't mind driving the Lodi. Like, it was an organization where they uh, – we did the best we could those two years, you know what I'm saying, with the right. talent we had for sure. But they definitely – they definitely let you play what you need to do. I mean, what where you need to play and what you play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if you play that, you play that. If you don't and you're just trying to do something, they will definitely move you. You know what I mean? Like, it was a lot of guys that got moved. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. Or just don't play. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, at least my two years, that's what I saw. So, but yeah. So, uh, back to the poetry. I mean, that was a, a way off the version. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so, uh, as far as your poetry, uh, before we get into the, you know, the final portion, um, is there anything you got coming out soon? You know, like any writings and stuff like that people can look out for and where can they find your stuff? Uh, we're, we're, we're still in the process of writing some. Uh, I don't have anything in the works as of late. It kind of comes in uh, on the fly when I give myself some time to write mm-hmm. and um, uh, put the stuff together in that regard. But most of the time I will basically promote it through my podcast. So for those of you listeners, you know, around here, my podcast is called Poetic Reality. And basically it's exactly what it is. It's all about poetry. It talks about each writing that I've decided to post on there. And it's it's a reading and it's also a breakdown. So each stanza gets broken down and you guys kind of get a, a, a good thought process of how I was thinking about each um stanza what i was trying to do what i was trying to conduct how i was trying to make you think it that's the whole beauty of it and it makes people think and that's what's awesome about it um as far as projects along with this i've been working on um it's it hasn't grown yet i'm still in the uh developmental process of it but i'm also trying to get a little bit of a clothing line going with this poetry with poetic reality. So shirts for poetic reality. Um, the brand I'm thinking about calling it is we are royalty. So I got a, I got a brand um, working on the brand really 
And I got my first sketch. I don't have it with me, but I can basically describe it to you. Uh, we got the hashtag sign. We are royalty. And we got a crown hanging off the W a little bit. And we got a little S shape underneath it. That's basically a whip. It's a whip. And then we also have some broken shackles on both of the Y's and royalty. So it's a little, it's a little bit of, uh, it's a powerful shirt, man. It's definitely a powerful shirt. And then to, to cap it off on the back of it, it's going to say a quote that I actually came up with myself with one of my writings. And the quote is, knowing who you are will outweigh any crime. And that's just rough draft number one. So um, I'd, I'd definitely be on the lookout for that, y'all. Um, eventually, I plan on trying to post these ideas kind of like maybe on my Instagram or Facebook so you guys can kind of look at them. And then eventually I wanted to come to life on a shirt and, you know, have people make purchases. Hey, you want one, you want two, you want five. Hey, I got you. <laughs> I got you. So yeah, but we're, we're slowly moving. We're slowly moving. It's just, um, but I'm excited for it. I really am. Yeah, no, that's honestly right on the nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on the nose. I'm going to say that out the gate. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty right on the nose. I, I like it. I like it mm -hmm. a lot. Um, right. So yeah, we definitely stay in tune for that for sure. Mm -hmm. um, where can where can they find some of your writings that you've already published? Um, you can find some of them on. I actually have to post the link because it was in one of the uh, California of uh, most emerged emerging poets, something like that. Okay. Uh, it's been it's been a minute because I only have two out in the works as of right now. Uh, the poem is the poems called Turns, and um, the other poem that has been published is called Attacked by Depression, which is actually the one I have planned on sharing because it's actually is really deep, and I think this one is actually a message not just for people that deal with depression, but for somebody that's like damn like you just never know what somebody is going through yeah um for those i would say my best bet in finding them i know it sounds crazy but google seems to have all the damn answers so i would, <laughs> I would yeah, no, seriously in. i yeah i really do like they they like they know it's like they know me for some reason yeah but i would type in the titles and just put in my full first and last name and the link for the book i believe that it was on should pop up Okay. And you can you should be able to find it that way. OK. Mm -hmm. Or if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're watching this clip on Instagram or any social media outlets, it will be right here across the screen. Um, it'll also be in the description. So uh, make sure you guys check that out. And uh, please stay tuned for the final portion. Uh, we're going to be blessed with the man Marcus reading uh, a reading, which he just uh <laughs> Told you the name, so I guess we're going to go over that again. <laughs> All right. Look good. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. All right, y'all. So just a little bit of background on this poem. It is called Attacked by Depression. So the title itself is already speaking to you. And this was back. I wrote this back July 22nd of 2019. So. This poem is almost two years old. 
is we're we're coming on its two two year birthday. So <laughs> it's a little old, but it's still very much impactful. So here's the read, Joe. Here's the read. All right. Life is already viewed as difficult. Depression adds weight to it. Every person you encounter, every phrase you hear, and every emotion runs through your head from happy to sad to anger and alone. <laughs> With depression, it is spin the wheel. Whatever it lands on is what you get. Some days are great and you have days we struggle with. It's like talking to a beautiful woman, then the next day you get punched in the face. I know life can hit you fast, but not haymaker fast. Where is the guide to life? No one told me about this. No friends knew I would be this different. No family member predicted depression for me. This attack has been an onslaught, but being the underdog, I still fight. Depression calls me worthless and weak. Truth calls it unique and courageous. Weak moments will come and go. It has jumped into my life like bad news. It is unwelcomed, which is why I fight back. Man, <laughs> hey. I told you, I told you, it, it it really, it really hits. And every time I read this or look at it, it, it takes me back to literally the fight. It really is a fight with yourself. And it's probably the toughest fight you'll ever encounter. Better, bigger than fighting another person, uh, bigger than fighting with a family member. It's literally you versus you. And it's it's scary because sometimes you don't feel like you're gonna get out of it. But I'm as I as I'm talking to you now, I'm beyond blessed that I am, you know, because a lot of this stuff, these dark feelings and moods, can really consume somebody and make them do something that they will truly regret. So, needless to say, writing has been one of the one of the exit strategies out of that that realm you call depression yeah and and the beauty about it is that we had a nice conversation about another escape which was football and you know growing up uh football was always fun for me like it was fun sport and loving and everything but as i got older i realized how much of an escape it was for me because the whole idea of not being good enough in this sport i am good enough there have been times where I've been looked at as this is the guy. This is the guy I want to learn from. This is the guy I want to study. It was actually me. It wasn't somebody else. So I was in a field where I actually was, quote, unquote, the shit, you know? <laughs> so And, like, people wanted to emulate that. Like, I believe um, my later years with the Canes after winning a championship, it was more of a mentor role because I had guys coming to me older than me coming to me, asking me for advice, like, Hey, how do you attack? You know, how do you attack an offensive lineman? Do you go all in or do you go half a man? 
What's your favorite move? How do you get off the ball so fast? I became more of like a teacher and I had pupils. You know what I'm saying? They actually wanted to learn from me. And so then at that point, it really was an escape because it's like, I can't play this game forever. And I was always told that there's always going to be somebody in this game at your position. There's somebody out there, whether they're in front of you now or they're down the road somewhere, there's somebody at your position that's going to be better than you. It's going to happen. You can't be better than everybody. There's somebody that's going to be better than you. And that's just hands down. Like I've always looked at it that way. That's why I come in with a worker's mentality on, uh, the football aspect and even the writing aspect. Yeah, most def. Uh, and to mm-hmm. the football point, I most definitely was one of them. Like when, when I was coming out there, I uh, Morley, like I was definitely trying to learn and get moves, like pick your brain and stuff like that. But Morley, I was trying to get your timing down because basically we were on the same side. So getting mm-hmm. your timing down, honestly, for me, I don't know how other people play and stuff like that. But getting the people that play beside me, getting their timing down helps me. I don't know. Right. I don't know why, but I, I, like I said, I was one of those guys for sure that was driving out there to Elk Grove to definitely pick your brain and was learning. Yeah. You know and I, mean? and I remember those and I remember those times. And the beauty about it is that it wasn't just football. It was more of like a connection and a bond, man. Like I literally can sit there and say, I got a big brother from Florida. And he really is big brother, like six, 10 and all big brother from Florida. And so it's just like, um, but yeah, man, I, I've always, I've always, um, have been willing to like hear people out, even if I am doing the right things. Cause I don't think I'm above anybody when it comes to that. So like you pick my brains, I can pick your brains too. Cause at some points I've seen you, I've watched film on you and I'm sitting here like, man, like I'm sitting there being finessed. Kawante's just like, get out of my way. You know what I'm saying? Just full-on force and power. And I never really brought that to the table. I tried to mix it in, but most of the time it was like hand-to-hand combat. And so I would sit there and watch, and I tried tried on my own. And sometimes I'm like, hey, this felt good. And then sometimes I'm like, stop trying to be somebody you're not and go back to what you're doing. So See, and that's why I said tap into your insanity. Because I honestly, I watch film too. And I used to mm-hmm. see you. You used to try to battle some guys. Well, I'm like, there's no way Marcus should be like tying up with this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and that's why I used to tell you that because if you're gonna do it, do it. Like beat him the same way you would beat him if you did a speed rush, the exact right. same way, the exact same way you would stride out and try to get around that corner and tip that shoulder, tip your hat, the same way you would the power rush him, the exact same right. way. You got to have the same approach. And right. that's why I was telling you that. But honestly, bro, like, I appreciate it. I appreciate the compliment. And uh, thank you for your time. Uh, it We've been on for a while, honestly. So, we uh, have, but it's, it's, it's all good. It's all yeah. good. I'm not tripping. <laughs> I'm not sure. tripping at all. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for stopping by. Uh, we're going to definitely keep up with you and make sure we post, like, and keep people in the loop of what you got going on. You know what I mean? Uh, with your writings and stuff like that. And and possibly football, you know what I mean? Like, you, you know, so. Hey, I'm, hey, hey, it's it's all good, man. And, and like I said, for those of you that are listening, um, the podcast is called Poetic Reality. You can find it on Spotify. 
just type it in Spotify and the logo is going to be a purple shirt that literally says I am black history, which I didn't forget about the shirt that you wanted. Remember, look at that on Amazon for sure. Cause I'm actually going to do some Amazon shopping, not now, but you know, in the near future, but anyway, it's called poetic reality. You can find it on Spotify. Uh, you can also find it on Apple podcast. If you guys have that, but Spotify, you can listen to it on Spotify or you can listen to it on the, uh, like I said, Apple Podcasts or the Anchor app itself. Anchor, okay. Yeah, yeah uh, we use Anchor for uh, the sports podcasts I do. Yeah, see, there you go. There you go, yeah. So I'm very familiar with Anchor. Um, right. So yeah, man, uh, this has been another installment of Experience the Podcast. Uh, make sure if you uh, you need help and uh, with, with your depression and stuff like that, you need an outlet, make sure you tap in with these folks we got on the screen right here. Um, It'll help you find somebody that you can talk to in your local area. Um, and yeah, man, stay blessed, man. Peace to everybody. Same to you, boss.